0: Welcome to the Best Player Wins podcast, where we believe that winning is winning, no matter by how little or by how much. We are your hosts. I am Nate Andrews hosting alongside Jake Deemer. Jake, welcome back after a week off after these this first uh, two two week round one matchups. How are you feeling coming off the loss?
1: Uh, I didn't have many. I see. I had plenty of time to process this because I went down 100 over 100 points for a little bit pretty early so I entered the second week with zero expectations the fact that it was even close was kind of just like I wasn't disappointed because my attitude towards the end was like I'm just happy to be here yeah I understand so I I wasn't I I had time to to process the defeat so I'm I'm good now happy for
0: yeah I'm still not over it but
1: yeah, I feel like was, baseball losses just because in the playoffs are worse. They than are other fantasy sports just because of the season is so long and like you work so hard and then it just it's over and that's it.
0: Yep, yep. You hit the nail on the head. But let's let's not dwell on your loss and mine. Let's jump into the episode here with episode twenty-two, our semifinals preview. And this week we got some more participation for our fantasy League Awards, which was good. So in recap of last week, we had Mike be the sole nomination for best negotiator. He uh was the only person nominated and got nominated by three different people. that was uh, by Jordan, me, and Nick. And then Jordan made two nominations for worst trade offer, both from Brendan. I'm not going to go through those once again, but participation was a little lackluster, but also probably my fault on that because I only announced it like a day before we recorded and then didn't give another reminder. This week was a different story. We got some good participation. So this week we are going to be talking about best trader and best candidate for comeback manager of the year. Um, Of course, looking ahead to next season, that is. And then as a preview for our championship preview episode, um, we are going to be divvying out the award for most valuable manager and best manager, which, again, the distinction between the two is one relates to, I guess, skill as a manager. That would be the best manager. One relates to, I guess, fostering the league environment. That would be the most valuable manager. So without further ado... The Best Trader Award, we had three different managers nominated for this. Um, Seven total people made nominations this week for the award, so I was happy with that. Uh, First one nominated was me. Um, Scott was also nominated, and Sam was nominated as well. So the person that quote-unquote won this award was me. I was nominated... By four different people, those were Nick, Mike, Jordan, and Jake. Scott had one nomination. It was from Sam. And Sam had two nominations, and those were from me and JC. So there you have it. Uh, best Trader. And then Best Candidate for Comeback Manager of the Year for next year. We had four different uh, teams nominated, and there were our four non-playoff teams, evidently. So... Scott, Jordan, Eddie, and Brendan all received nominations, and we actually had a three way tie for first place. So I guess everybody's head is kind of in a different spot with these guys. So, first was Scott, who had two nominations. Those were from Mike and Sam. Then we had Jordan, uh, who was nominated by Jake and Jordan himself. He said, Who else would I bet on other than myself? And then Eddie got nominations from Nick and JC. In Brendan's lone nomination, he got one vote compared to the other three, uh, getting two votes. It was from me. I had to give some love to my guy, Brendan, who uh, is missing play or who had had missed playoffs this season for the very first time in league history. So gotta give the nod to track record there. Uh, Jake, any concluding thoughts on these awards? This week anyway. So I have
1: it on good authority that Jordan is going to put in a lot more effort than he has in previous years. He's uh, in conversations with him. He's recognizing how good his keeper pool is and uh, he doesn't want to let it go to waste. So he seems very determined to have a bounce back year. So that's why um, that's why I put my put my faith in him to rebound.
0: That's good news for me to hear as his rival because I'm only flying off the dome with this, but I think that Jordan and I have never made playoffs in the same year for as long as he has been in the league. I know that he was a later addition to the league. He replaced Brian. If I remember correctly, I think in his first year I made playoffs. He did not. Uh, Second year I did not make playoffs. He did. If we're not counting last year, in which everybody got a ticket into the playoffs, uh, and then we move on to this year, I made playoffs, he did not. So in a year where you actually have to fight to make the playoffs, I don't think the two biggest rivals, or I should say historically the two biggest rivals, Jordan and me, have made playoffs in the same year. So hopefully that happens for the first time next season. All right, Jake, let's, uh, let's talk about it our prior week recap, our quarterfinals recap, biggest upset, I'll lead us off so that I can take the weight off of your shoulders because I think that there's an obvious pick. It was team positivity versus Jake's fantasy baseball team, your matchup with Jerwin. Uh, This is the outcome, Jake, that I thought was least likely, but alas, we are here. Uh, The crazy part is that as I was going back through the details of this matchup, I didn't find a single standout player from team positivity that carried them to a victory. Rather, the story of this matchup was your team and your pitching in particular that either absolutely reeked or let you down by getting injured. And Jake, I feel for you, uh, but you don't need my sympathy because I'm going through it myself. You've had more success historically than I have, but I know as a competitor, because I'm feeling it myself, that no amount of past success is consolation enough for that feeling in the pit of your stomach when you work at something for nearly half of a year just to fall short. And unfortunately for me, I have now become used to that feeling. seems to be the annual tradition. That was my biggest upset, Jake. What did you have coming away from round
1: one? Yeah, I had the same one. Just, and I think this is this has to be the biggest upset, just because I was the number one seed entering the playoffs, and uh, Jerwin was the number eight seed. Uh, I definitely didn't see it coming. I, I knew that my pitching was pretty much stretched as thin as it could go. Uh, honestly, losing one of Bueller, Cole, or Flaherty, like that was just the one outcome that couldn't happen, because my even my depth guys were they were pretty bad. And I was looking. I, I know that for in the past my my pitching has kind of been the staple of all of my better teams. And I it, it towards the end of this year it just didn't happen. I had too many guys that went down. Uh, I did not do enough to address it uh, at the trade deadline or, or through free agency. Um, yeah, it's just a uh, really tough to see. But I I did want to throw some props to Jerwin because he did have. Some guys that seem – like some un, kind of unheralded guys that uh, really did have some pretty good performances. They didn't absolutely bomb like some of my waiver tests did. Uh, Andrew Kittridge had 39 points. Charlie Blackman at 39.3. And then Connor Joe, everybody loves a guy with two first names at 31 points to replace Jesse Winker. So uh, he did a very good job of plugging the his own injury holes in his lineup. And uh, like you said, there was nobody who really – carried him it was kind of a team effort on his part
0: yeah can appreciate the the analysis there I'm sure it's sure you might have gotten some PTSD going back through it I would have um why don't you turn around and give us your biggest takeaway Jake because I've got a a long one a monologue for my biggest takeaway
1: Uh, so my biggest takeaway is actually that maybe we don't really need one week playoffs for there to be more upsets And I think uh, maybe the expansion kind of fixed that issue by itself. Uh, I know for the most part, we've had kind of our playoffs have pretty much just been chalk. Uh, They haven't been real exciting. We haven't had too many upsets uh, seed wise anyways, but it's for whatever reason, I think it's seen this year that there were no really super teams that were a tier above everyone else. I feel like we've had at least one or two of those every year we've played Like, I kind of feel like the top teams were all kind of on a tier of of their own. And they just uh, there was a lot of playoff teams that were more equal than in the past. And that has led that did lead to some upsets. And I know that I've talked about one week playoffs and how I wanted to move to those. So we had more upsets, but maybe maybe we don't need to. Maybe the expansion to 12 teams kind of fixed that. So that was my biggest takeaway.
0: Yeah, that's a good thought, and I will continue to be a supporter of two-week playoffs despite uh, the craziness that unfolded this past two weeks with round one. My biggest takeaway, Jake, and and Jerwin is going to love this, is that fantasy is 70% luck. Now, I want to tread lightly with this takeaway because I know how fun it is to have success in the playoffs, and I certainly don't want to steal the moment away from our round one winners the shock of the results of round one, is pro- there, that's what led me to this takeaway. To frame it in a way that casts aside arrogance or boastfulness and to just really put the magnitude of the results into perspective, I took a dive into your league history database, Jake. Here's what I found. Jake, Courtney, and me are the only three teams in the history of the league with winning records overall entering the 2021 season and if you tack on 2021 each of us will have actually improved our overall win percentage um, through the history of the league jake courtney and me have far and away the most playoff wins among all teams entering 2021 with seven for jake six for me and five for courtney those 18 combined playoff wins nearly double the total of all other playoff wins in league history combined which was 10. Not only that, but the three of us have a combined top 10, sorry, the three of us have a combined 10 top three finishes, which is five times more than the rest of the league combined entering this season. Mike and Jordan each have one top three finish, both having taken third place one time. Now, Jordan made a great point that a lot of us were frustrated with the league trophy Never having left the Deemer house for four years straight, and that many of us were hoping for playoff turnover. But I didn't really expect it to come in such a brash manner with not only the Deemer household being erased from playoff contention in round one, but the manager that has seemed to be the constant on their heels for nearly five years running, um, which was my team. I've talked on many occasions about how and why I prefer fantasy baseball to fantasy football. Um, which is because the sample sizes are larger, the numbers just seem to lend themselves better to being more workable for both descriptive and predictive purposes. The The lineups are much, much larger, and the number of games that make up matchups themselves are far greater. All of this to say, there is a much greater opportunity for those who take the game seriously to put in the effort that should usually yield a high degree of separation from the pack. What I have have ignored for far too long is that head-to-head format specifically, which I wouldn't trade for the world because Roto, in my opinion, is just too boring and is uninteresting. Um, Head-to-head will always, always, always create opportunity for excitement, for panic attacks, for upsets. And what I boil down the mixture of all of these things to, which is luck. It's what creates these moments where one team can spend Their entire season crafting their own version of the most matchup proof team they can envision, but where the one crack that they didn't cover um, can sink them in a span of seven to 14 days. It's what creates the chaos of the top four scoring teams on the entire six month season, being the four first round losers of the playoffs. It's what creates the highest of highs for the teams that find unexpected success. Or the lowest of lows for teams that thought there was nothing more that they could have possibly done to position themselves to win yet taste defeat. (laughs) It is what creates a game that we all hate sometimes but love just enough to keep coming back, and that is the game of fantasy sports. So that is my takeaway. That is my monologue of why fantasy is 70% luck. So I now agree. I've come to the light, Jerwin. Official semifinals matchups uh, for the East Division. We have our number two seed in the East, Nick, Pine Run Market, versus our second wildcard team, Jeroen, Team Positivity. In the West, we have the third seed, or I should say, the third place team in the West, Big Money Mike, playing the first wildcard team, Sam, weak pullout hitter. So, Jake, let's talk a little bit about these semifinals matchups. Looking ahead to round two, who would you consider to be the favorite in each of these matchups?
1: I think that Nick has to be a pretty clear favorite over Jerwin, and I, even though the Jerwin did put together a pretty good performance last week, last matchup, uh, Nick did beat him by about a hundred points, and Nick is going in. I know Nick just lost Rodon, but he is going into the matchup a good bit healthier than Jerwin is. So I think I'm going to have to give the edge to Nick there. The other matchup I think is pretty much a coin flip, but I'll I'll give it to Mike here just as a slight favorite. Uh, I guess just because I think his team last week showed that he can really, really, really put up points. And, I mean, Sam wasn't that far behind him, but I'll trust the talent with Mike. I think that his team is uh, – talent-wise is a good bit better, even though Sam has pretty much been – right there with him in terms of points for the last month or so. I'll trust in the uh the talent on Mike's team. Yeah, I
0: agree with everything that you said. I agree with Nick being the favorite in the east side of the bracket in the semifinals matchup there. I agree with Mike being the favorite very slightly in the west side of the bracket with his semifinals matchup with Sam. Um, and kind of to elaborate on my nomination of Sam for best trader, I know that we often think of you know who's making deals most often that they appear to be winning but when it comes down to it um, when it comes down to the actual results sam is probably positioned to be the best keeper pool in the league and here he sits in the semifinals with a legitimate chance to win he's currently up we're recording this on monday the sixth he's currently up on mike twenty four to five and I know that that's Nothing crazy and no indication of what's to come over the next 13 days. But it just goes to show you that Sam is not slowing down. He is primed to be in the best position entering next year. And so that's kind of why, and I think JC was on the same page with me, that's why I would give the best trader nod to him for sure. He's literally executed the best of both worlds. Um, And I, I kind of speak to that. To allude to our next question of which matchup do, we, do do you expect to be closer, I'll lead us off and say I think it's definitely going to be Mike versus Sam. I think you mentioned that it's going to be a coin flip between these two guys as to who's going to be the or who should be considered the favorite. I think that's spot on. I think it's a coin flip as to who's going to win the matchup. Um, I think I lean the same way as you do with the talent on Mike's roster. But it's just a wonder at this point, when I look at Sam's roster every time, I think this roster just doesn't scream talent at me. And yet it's been the top two scoring offense or sorry, top two scoring lineup period in our league, or I want to say like four of our last five matchup periods. So it's just kind of crazy to me. Um, yeah. Sam and Mike's matchup should be awesome. I I don't expect the same for Nick and Jerwin, so naturally, I pick the West Division as the matchup that I expect to be closer. Imagine you're on the same page with me, there, Jake.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I I think that like I also like you look at Sam's team, and it just it doesn't talent wise on paper, it just doesn't seem like it matches up with some of these other teams. But it has put up. He's just been on an absolute heater since the trade deadline, and it's. Amazing, he was able to pull it off and not only make the playoffs while selling off pretty much anyone, uh, and who didn't have any keeper value, but he's in a, like you said, he's in a position where he could potentially win. And then that, that is the best of both worlds. You win and then you go into the keep, you go into the, uh, the draft next year with the best keeper pool, which I think it's safe to say, in my opinion, he has the best keeper pool. I don't think that there is a close second. And, uh, yeah, it's, It's crazy. He was able to pull it off. Like this could be, this could potentially be. If he wins this year, I I think he has to be the favorite to repeat next year, just based on his on his keepers.
0: Could be the start of a dynasty for Sam, um, which is, which would be fitting. It it would be rewarding because you mentioned a while back, Sam was the guy that suggested that all of us in our friend group. I want to say there's still seven or eight of us from the original league that we started play fantasy baseball. So I'm not going to kiss up to Sam or anything, but it's nice to see that he was the guy that originally had the idea to start this. If he wins at all, that would, that would be, a, I guess, a great nod toward the roots of our league. So I think we can probably skip over the last question, which matchup is more likely to see an upset. I think it's obvious based on, um, where Jake and I are at with these two matchups that we would expect Sam to have a much greater chance at beating Mike than we do Jerwin at beating Nick. So let's just go and ahead and Here's jump. the thing though. Go I ahead. don't
1: know if Sam wins. I don't know if I would really consider that an upset because it's just like the teams are just very evenly matched to me. Like I, like I said, I know that I, I, I look at Mike's team and I think it's way more talented, but I can't really ignore the, streak that sam is on and how hot his team is
0: yeah i agree i think for purposes of our podcast we often make things black and white so that we can choose one side or the other but if you're actually asking for a nuanced opinion i totally agree with you that there's not it's hard to pick a favorite um it, it it really is as close as a playoff matchup, especially one that's later than just the first round could possibly get, in my opinion. That being said, if we're going by the book and considering seeding to be you know, the indicator of who's the favorite, who's the underdog, which I'm not sure if it's fair, uh, based on how Sam's team has performed despite what the overall record, which is what's feeding into the playoff seeding, says... Um, but I want to say that Mike was the number one scorer of the first round. I don't think it was by a lot. I think him and Sam were very close, but I think Mike was the number one scorer. Do you have that information on hand,
1: Jake? Yeah, Sam was ahead or Mike was ahead of Sam by a little less than 20 points. It was like, 19, let's see, I think it was 19.7.
0: Yeah, razor thin. Um, so I think, again, there it, it's nuanced. It's not like... This guy is the favorite. This guy is the underdog. These two are very close, and I think on any given Sunday, one could have the better matchup than the other. But since most recently, Mike had the better two-week period, and because Mike is the higher seed, I guess, gun to my head, you're saying who's the favorite. It's Mike. So I guess by that definition, we're saying Sam, as in quote-unquote underdog, has a higher chance to beat the favorite of the matchup than Jerwin does. I think Jerwin has a, we haven't really talked about that matchup very much between Nick and Jerwin. I think it's because Jerwin has a large uphill battle. Um, Despite Sam, or despite Nick missing Carlos Rodon this week, I think that his roster is just far superior in talent and in just being built for the playoffs. He has a lot of sparps, so that's a lot of pitching volume and his offense is really good too. I think it's going to be pretty hard for Jerwin to win.
1: If Jerwin has any shot, he's going to need his kind of his fringe pitchers to step up, and uh, guys like I, I guess Ian Anderson. Right at this point, you can consider a fringe pitcher. Carlos Carrasco, uh, even Kyle Gibson. Um, with Giolito down, that's kind of a rotation rock that he doesn't have right now, and uh, he, he's going to need the he's going to need to get lucky with a few a few uh, sort of fringe guys popping off.
0: Yeah, I'll add one final note, which is interesting. You know, it depends on if you actually put any stock into Jordan's sports book, which I do from time to time. I think it's a good kind of tiebreaker for me. Um, his projections actually have Sam as a 17.6 point favorite. So, kind of the opposite of what I concluded on. Jordan is is suggesting or I should say his projections suggest that Sam should be viewed as the favorite in that West Division semifinal. So it's it's going to be very close. I'm excited to to see how I'm hoping that it actually ends up being close. I hope that one of them doesn't pull ahead by a lot. Um because the most exciting at least from an outside perspective right is to see one is to see a matchup that's really good and really close all the way down to the wire. But Jake Let's uh, hear your standout player of the week.
1: All right, so since we had two weeks, I thought that it would be fitting that I gave two players. So my first one was, felt like I had to because I've ragged on him all year. The first player is Blake Snell. Uh, he had 62 points, which is 31 points per game, 14.2 innings pitched, three hits, one earned run, two walks, 20 strikeouts. Uh, his turnaround has been pretty incredible because he completely changed his pitching, his approach, pretty much ditched his curveball. He's now almost strictly fastball slider. Uh, it's pretty wild to see that he just sort of up and drops the curveball almost completely. And uh, it's really worked out really, really well for him. He's striking guys out again, not walking nearly as many. So I, I got to give credit to Mike, too, because he did take a flyer on him at the trade deadline. He traded Tukey Toussaint, who – I guess if he's OK, but I, I I was I was out on Blake Stone myself and Mike took a shot and it looks like it's working out about as well as he could have possibly hoped. And uh, Snell is probably going to be a, a weekly. um, A weekly rock in his rotation going forward, I would think. And
0: then you're, you said you had a second standout player oh, yes. of the week?
1: Okay, my second player of the week was Ronald Acuna. He scored zero points. He had zero hits, zero total bases, zero walks, zero strikeouts. But what he did do was he gave valuable information on my team, who he had been a part of for three years, and provided key veteran leadership to Jarwin's team, who was relatively, who is very inexperienced in the playoffs. And uh, I think that that clubhouse presence is, what, is partially why Uh, He was able to advance. It was the steady presence in the clubhouse.
0: I can appreciate that angle, bringing the positive vibes back after they were apparently ditched halfway through the season. I like it. Uh, Matchup preview, looking at these semifinals matchups, round two of the playoffs, I decided to cut the best matchup at this point moving forward only because we're at the point where only four teams are left standing, so I think each, regardless of whether one matchup is going to be closer or quote-unquote better than the other, I think each has earned the right to be considered a great matchup. I mean, you've you're, these four managers have beat out the rest to be the only four standing, so wanted to give them credit, give them respect, um, and not pick between the two or best matchup this coming week, but my thing to watch for Jake is a wild card championship. I'll be honest, I think there's a very very slim chance that this happens. But I thought that there would be a very slim chance that both of these wild card teams would make it out of round 1. So I'm just ready at this point to say that anything can happen and of the two, uh you've already heard me talk about, I expect Sam to have a greater chance than Jerwin at making the cinderella run at the title but watch out for a wild card championship what is your thing to watch for
1: yeah it is pretty crazy because i like a year ago well, not i guess not a year ago but two years ago in our old playoff format um these two teams wouldn't have even been in the playoffs because we only had six teams in the playoffs and the, the top two seeds got a first round bye. but the thing to watch for is pitchers being skipped uh or arrested um we're at the point in the season where innings are going to start to pile up, and for some of these young guys or guys who are uh, coming off injuries, uh, some managers might want to slow down with the some innings caps might come into play. Uh, a real easy thing to do is skip them, maybe put them on the IL with like a phantom injury. Uh, I know it's been coined Dodgeritis, but I expect a lot of teams to start to do that. Um, Even this latest one with Carlos Rodon, like I would not be at all surprised if that's just we need to keep him healthy for the playoffs. Um, And I think that's going to be the case for a lot of pitchers. It's just going to depend on when really when those notifications come in, uh, how much um, I guess, how much warning do the the managers have before they put them in their lineup, uh, if these guys are going to actually be playing that week or not because they could be skipped, placed on the IL kind of without warning. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that they, I guess similar to what we are talking about with the COVID stuff, I hope that the, that doesn't change the, the outcome of any of these matchups. But I think there's a real possibility that that happens as a lot of teams, the real major league teams fall out of it and don't have really any reason to push their younger guys or on the other side of that, playoff teams want to sort of make sure that they're entering the playoffs healthy.
0: Yeah, and we've already started to see it with Carlos Rodon. The White Sox have the AL Central locked up, so they are not going to push Carlos Rodon, who's been their best pitcher this season. Uh, Luckily for Nick, that news came out before lineups locked, came out yesterday. Um, But again, to echo what you said, hopefully it doesn't happen like Tuesday when lineups have already locked and they can't do anything about it. And to add one more note on... Uh, just the craziness of the four teams that have that have made it to this point to the semifinals. One thing that might be overlooked and what, what you said that made me think of this was two years ago, our playoff format, none of, or I should say, neither of the two wildcard teams would have made the playoffs. Three of the four teams that are left in the semifinals round uh, do not have a record, a regular season record over 500. None of the... Four, except Nick finished the regular season with a winner winning record, which is uh, crazy. Just tells the story of the crazy season, the crazy playoffs that we've had so far. Matchup predictions for the semifinals. Jake, sad news to report to you. I think I have clinched the win in terms of overall season record on matchup predictions. I after last week forgetting to. Account for the prior week picks and updating our our matchup prediction record. I went back for the last two weeks and both of us actually ended up going five and five. So, of course, there was only 10 matchups to uh, pick from for our final week of the regular season. There were six. And then last week we had four playoff matchups. Each of us went five and five over those two weeks combined. That brings my matchup predict my matchup prediction record on the season to 64 and 30. Yours is 58-36, and and given that we only have four matchups left to predict to this week, and then of course our championship matchup and the third and fourth place matchup next week, I think that means that I clinch the win. But regardless, we just do this for fun. Let's get into the semifinals matchups. So for the first one, Pine Run Market versus Team Positivity on the east side of the bracket, who do you have winning the matchup?
1: I'm going with Nick on this one.
0: Surprise, surprise. I'm going with Nick as well. And then in the West side of the bracket, a much, much closer, uh, matchup between, or I should say one that we expect to be much, much closer between Mike and Sam big money, Mike versus weak pullout hitter. Who do you got in this one? Who do you got representing the West in the finals this year?
1: As again, this is a real coin flip one. I'm going to go with Mike though. I'll, I'll say that, uh, I'll trust the talent on his roster.
0: Uh, It's probably going to sound boring since we ended up picking the same on both sides of the bracket. But I also went with Mike and it's a fitting way as we are starting to come to a close on this first season of the fantasy baseball podcast that we would continue to make the same picks because we've done it all season. So you and I have Nick and Mike advancing to the finals um, in terms of our predictions We'll see what happens. Anything could happen even though currently Nick is up like 65 points after just one day on Jerwin. We'll see what happens. Around the league portion of the podcast, Jake, hit us with your league history fact of the week after I've pretty much dumped an entire uh, vault of facts about you, me, and Courtney on the league earlier.
1: All right, I actually like my standout players. I do have two. I mean, I don't have one that's like a joke player, but or a joke fact, I guess, but I do have two legit facts. Um, the first of which is the longest drought without a playoff win was ended this past week. After five seasons, Sam is on the board with his first playoff win snapping the longest streak in league history. Uh, now that, that now that he has snapped that streak, the longest drought for an active owner is Brendan, but he hasn't, he hasn't won a playoff game since round one in 2019. So it's not really that long, not really uh, anything of note there. Uh, The longest drop for an individual team, though, not really, not an individual owner, is the Scott-Andrew-Dillon-Keela team, which has yet to win a playoff game since it started uh, five years ago. But this is probably due more to instability at management there than anything else. Uh, So that is my first league history fact. Anything to add on that one?
0: No, I didn't realize that four different managers have have taken ownership of that one roster. That is a ton of turnover. We've done the Keeper League. This is our fifth season, and we are now on our fourth manager of that roster. So, Scott, do not get discouraged. I'm sure that you won't because you didn't really have an opportunity to do anything this season, but you were not left in a good spot when you took over. Traditionally, that roster has not been left in a good spot for when... (laughs) Uh, an old manager quits, a new manager comes in, but I think Scott is going to turn into the exception. You know, a lot of us are familiar with him as a player, have played in other leagues with him across different sports, and I I think I'm pretty confident in saying that Scott will be the exception. He will be the guy to eventually turn the ship around. And I don't want to call it a drought because I guess it's it's never happened in the first place, but to end the streak of never having won a playoff game with that team.
1: Go ahead. Yeah, with I, think, I think so too. I, I do think Scott is the, is the guy that's going to save that franchise. It's almost like the Browns over there where it's just constant turnover at the top.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a good, very, analogy, detrimental to the,
1: very detrimental to the roster. But my second fact is another streak also came to an end this week. And that was Jerwin took the, took the, the win against me. Uh, coming into this matchup, Jerwin was 0 and 13 against me all time. Uh, but that all changed this week with a great win and the biggest playoff upset in league history. And nobody is going to remember the 13, but everyone will remember the 1. And for what it's worth, since rebranding as Team Positivity, Jerwin is unbeaten against me with a record of 1 and 0 since I had both of my pl- both of my regular season matchups with him before he rebranded. Uh, we always talk about the draft and trading being extremely important, uh, but I think this proves that really it's your team name that is the single most important part of a successful team. Because once you have that great team name, uh, the rest will just figure itself out.
0: Jake, are you hinting at a rebrand next season? I think you've been Jake's uh, fantasy baseball team two seasons running now. I have. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm thinking about it. I, I was. I stuck with the same team name all season. Number one contender, but apparently I was number six contender, or number seven contender this year. So I just rebranded to one B, alluding to our conversation much earlier in the season where I said I was one A to next one B. All right, uh, welcome to week sixteen and the
2: semifinals edition of the weekly sports book. Take it away, Jordan. What is up, everyone? We're back another week of the sports book. Very excited to dig into the semifinal matchups, look at some content, look at some spreads, and look at some totals. First, going to review last week, I won three and two. Uh, You know, again, over 500, but I wanted more. Um, I was upset. I I didn't do better with all the research that I did. But anyways, the record is 62 and 33, which is still fantastic. Um, I think that the spreads and totals are going to be a lot better this week as I got a little bit of practice. Uh, Doing the two-week matchups last week, so I think it's going to be a lot closer to the actual projections on what we are going to get. Um, semifinals, so we're down to two matchups this week. Um, so I'm going to be taking a spread and a total from each matchup, adding that on the meeting. We're going to get our five locks. Digging into our first uh, semifinal matchup, Nick versus Jerwin. Nick minus 61 points is a favorite. Total 990 points. Uh, I think for Jerwin to win this one, he's going to need a really low-scoring game. Um, I do think that it's going to be a low-scoring game, um, but not low enough for Jerwin to be successful. Um, Nick's average number of points, is minimum, is maximum, everything basically is um, higher than Jerwin. So I think that we can expect an easy win uh, from Nick here. Although I did say the same thing last week uh, with Jerwin's matchup against Jake, and we saw how the positivity Uh, rolled there so i think that um i think that jerwin is going to need a lot of uh a lot of luck on his side to keep the positive vibes rolling i'm taking nick here i also think that the under is going to hit uh just going through looking at their combined weeks for a two-week average uh two-week rolling average they hit the under almost every time here um even with me adjusting it pretty pretty low so i think it's going to be uh, a, l- a low scoring game I think these are going to be uh the three and four for total points this week so in uh in summary i'm t- I'm picking uh Nick and the under here I think those are two really solid picks and I like them both a lot uh, my my marquee matchup here Sam versus mike um, sam minus 18 a total 1093 points again sam the favorite even with the seedings disadvantage so I'm Really take it to Courtney last week um, as, as the seventh seed against the two seed. I think it's easy to predict um, and guess that these two teams will be the higher scoring teams based on their previous history over the last uh, you know four or five weeks or so. They've just really both been on a roll besides uh, Mike had like a, a tough week in week 19. But other than that, they've both really been rolling. Um, and it's going to be fun to watch. But I'm taking Mike in this one just because I like um, – I like, I like his offense a lot, and I think that that will give him a really high floor. And I think, as we've said that time and time again on the segment, his his boom potential is just too scary to not warrant getting 18 points against Sam. So I'm taking Mike plus 18 points against Sam. Now, as I said, uh, I think that these two teams are going to be the highest-scoring teams of the week. So I'm taking the over here, over 1,093 points. Um, both of these teams have been putting up points uh, like nobody's business. And I think that they're going to pretty easily get the over on this one. Uh, The median is 531. The uh, median went down a little bit. Um, I think with four strong teams remaining though, I think they'll trigger the over hit in this matchup. Even with my, uh, even with my prediction of Nick and Gerwin going under. Yeah. So I think that that's uh, just about wraps up our segment for this week. I'm excited for these matchups. I'm excited for a lot of new faces in the semifinals. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, which two teams advance to our finals. Good luck to the four teams remaining, and I will shoot it back over to you guys. That was Jordy,
0: the general's weekly sports book. Thank you, Jordan. We only have one more of those uh, left on the season. So I hope you guys have enjoyed the sports book this first season. And I know Jake, Jordan, myself, maybe Jerwin. I know that those guys all talk a lot about the baseball league as well. We've had some internal discussion about how to make the sports book more relevant next year to increase participation, to increase motivation to participate. Nothing is official yet, but we might make a small portion of the league buy-in uh, a payout for the sports book, and and who who earns the most points. Maybe we'll do a separate small buy-in for that, just to kind of get people a little bit more invested because Jordan does put in a lot of time each week to put the projections together, to put the itinerary together for his sportsbook segment, to actually record it, send it over to us. Um, we appreciate him adding to the league environment in that way. I mean, it's it's something that likely nobody else's fantasy league does. So I definitely wanted to give a shout-out to Jordan. Definitely wanted to... Uh, Promise some change to increase participation for the sportsbook next season. But let's wrap up this episode, episode 22 of the Best Player Wins Fantasy Baseball podcast, in the same way that we always do with some news and notes. And it's going to be pretty quick. Tried to just kind of keep the news relevant to our remaining playoff teams this week. And I, I basically just kept it to one theme, which is starting pitchers across these four teams and really only three of them. Are included here in this segment first being lucas giolito he left his start on thursday with a left hamstring strain meaning that he'll miss at least one turn through the rotation after being placed on the injured list initially carlos rodon's start which we've already mentioned will be skipped this week due to shoulder soreness and fatigue and last a little bit more minor news but still something of note Luis Garcia's workload is being actively managed as he has been pulled by the Astros after less than 90 pitches in each of his last seven starts. Jake, do you have any concerns about the impact of these three guys for the semifinals?
1: Yeah, probably all three. (laughs) Um, Giolito and Rodon, I think this goes back to what I said before. I think that the White Sox are really treating them with kid gloves right now just to get them to the playoffs where they can be healthy. Uh, and with, it's the same deal with Garcia. And the problem is with, in the case of Garcia, and I guess probably some of these other guys down the stretch is pitch counts. If they're going to be, they're going to throw less pitches. Uh, that means that they're not going to score as many points and that as a kind of a general rule, but if you're not going deep into games, you're not going to score as many points. And, uh, with some of these guys who are studs, you sort of still have to start them. They're just not going to be performing to the level that they were before. So that's, I I just, it, it, it gets tough. It gets a little hairy when you come down to it at this time of year with the, what managers are going to do. It's, they're very unpredictable. Everybody kind of has their own, their own thing that they're doing.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because on the East side of the bracket, Mm -hmm. you have, Even though Nick's missing Carlos Rodon this week, Jerwin's missing Lucas Giolito, so it's kind of like a one-for-one trade-off there, right? For Mike, it seems like more minor news that Luis Garcia is just being put on a pitch count of around like 85 to 90. It doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal, right? But when you consider that he's going up against the hottest team in the league aside from his own, every inning, every out from one of your pitchers matters um it it could literally be a five point difference overall in this two week matchup between Sam and Mike. That's how close I could see it being in the end um and if it turns out that Luis Garcia was pulled at eighty seven pitches through four and two thirds innings um and would have qualified for the win had he not been pulled if he just got that final out to to qualify for the win at five innings pitched that could make the i mean i don't necessarily say that's i'm not going to say that's going to happen but it it could prove to be critical um that luis garcia's workload is being managed because i know that that's one of the upper hands that mike has on sam is is having luis garcia as a sparp so it is important and i did want to kind of bring it up here
1: yeah i wanted to i i wonder how it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because last year like, there wasn't – nobody pitched nearly this many innings. And we're getting to the point now where the innings are going to start to pile up. But, like, it's going to be interesting to see how managers handle it because I'm assuming that it's not really the manager's decision most of the time, right? It's coming from the front office, what they're supposed to do with these other pitchers. Uh, maybe except for Dusty Baker. He might be the only one. But <laughs> I don't think these guys, I don't think these managers are allowed to just let the guys – let their pitchers out there for 100-plus pitches every time now. So I'm, I'm wondering who is actually going to maybe get skipped or who they're just going to let kind of pitch through it, maybe accumulate less innings, maybe who they're just going to let fly. Like I, got, I assume guys like Max Scherzer will uh, just be able to pitch their normal amount. But it's, it's going to be pretty unpredictable, I think, how managers will handle – each individual team because i think it's all going to be very different
0: man it's too bad we don't post these podcasts with videos because you would have just seen me make the face of that frog that's crying and looking out the window because it doesn't matter that max scherzer can keep pitching as much as he wants because he was on my team and now i'm done (laughs) but yeah i it will be interesting i think the teams that are not there are exceptions like Max Scherzer, you just brought up, is probably an exception. But teams like the Dodgers, the Astros, the White Sox, um, am I missing any that are obvious who are way out in front with pretty good uh, starters on their team that might get managed?
1: I'm not sure. I think that's probably
0: those are probably the big three, and in- maybe the Brewers. Or that's, they have a, that's the other team that I was thinking because I was thinking about it yeah. as you were talking. And I'm thinking like guys like Julio Urias, Brandon Woodruff, yeah. uh Corbin Burns, um Luis Garcia. We've already talked about him, Framber Valdez, all of these guys, Lance McCullers, all these guys are still on teams that are in the semifinals and on teams in real life that I would expect. Uh, It's a threat to their workload that they might be, I don't want to say shut down because obviously they're going to make playoffs, but they're so Dodgers are a special case because they're definitely going to make playoffs, but I don't know how hard they're chasing the division title with the Giants having just beaten them in the, in the real life series between those two teams. But the point is these guys might be at risk of, like you said, a Phantom IL stint or just being skipped one turn in the rotation. And that could have a huge impact on the final scores of these semifinals matchups. So we will see how it plays out. That brings us to an end of episode 22. We will have just one more traditional episode this season, and that'll be our championship preview. And then after the championship round, we will kind of have a season and recap episode and you are now guaranteed to get a third member of the league on this podcast for the season and recap episode because Jake and I have obviously been eliminated. We cannot be the league champion at this point. So one of Nick, Mike, Sam, or Jerwin will join us, you know, as long as they agree to, which I assume all four of them would be up for it. They will join us for our season and recap episode two episodes from now, which will actually be Four weeks from now it's kind of crazy to say it's basically a month away but the next time you'll hear from me and jake on the podcast is two weeks from now i'm excited to see how these semifinals matchups play out good luck to jerwin nick sam and mike hope to see some exciting matchups hope that they stay close throughout the two weeks anything to add jake before we sign off
1: no just good luck to everybody and uh looking forward to the next one
0: all right thanks for listening Yerp.